Welcome back to the Canadian Rock. This is Jamie Gray coming at you uh, live from Cannabis Park in New Brunswick. And uh, today we have uh, a local legend series. So we're, we're focusing back on grassroots here in New Brunswick and New Brunswick Rugby. And I had a pleasure of chatting with uh, a few from the Moncton Black Tide. Uh, so we're going to get to that in a few minutes. As always, if you need to contact me, I'm on Twitter at Canadian Rock, Instagram, the underscore Canadian underscore Rock, Facebook at the Canadian Rock, email canadianrock at gmail.com uh, never hesitate if you have a question or you have a, a somebody that you would like to get on you'd like to see me interview or as a as a guest i'd love to hear from you remember you can watch and listen to us on youtube spotify itunes google play and podcast and Castbox. but when you listen just make sure that you're following subscribing too it's great to have those listeners active so without uh without uh, spending too much time here i'm just going to introduce uh, a few members of the Black Tie that joined me for a conversation uh, not too long ago. We've got uh, Kim right here, and we've got Josh, and we have Stu, and then we have Jesse in that photo diving across for a try. Uh, excellent conversation revolving the Moncton Black Tie and what the NBRU is doing, and uh, it's really, really great to, to hear some local legends talk with their passion of the game. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into it. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome back to the Canadian Rock. Uh, we've got some great athletes and great people up from Moncton joining us today. We got Stu, Jesse, Josh, and Kim online, and they're going to talk to us today. Some local legends talking to us about the the game of rugby in Moncton. So, welcome everybody. It's nice having you on the podcast. Thanks for inviting Thanks for us. us. Thanks so much. So, what one thing that jump right into Moncton's a great city. I love going up to Moncton. I love watching games in Moncton played a, a fair number of games against Moncton in the early 90s and the 2000, or 2000s. You guys always had a great program, great big guys that ran the ball well. I think you're the largest city in New Brunswick, but it seems that, it seems that there, there's, there's a disconnect maybe between high school and senior rugby. What, what are you guys doing to try and get players, more players to get invested in the game in Moncton? Um, yeah, uh, I guess I'll start. Um, well, we're really fortunate to have um, quite a strong presence uh, in high school rugby, especially um, amongst girls. Um, so I think before the call, we probably have, I'd say, between 250 and 300 girls playing high school level rugby in Moncton, um, which is great, and the surrounding area. So that would uh, include Tanchamar, who won the provincial championship last year. Um, what we're seeing, too, is amongst the men, um, we've got two, two teams, uh, Trimble and, and Riverview and amongst the boys. And they're a little bit harder, uh, to, I guess, to try to keep, um, keep up in the game and try to entice them to come out and play for the summer. Um, I think where the club really needs to put some work in the ground is to really look into having the, um, the bridge the gap. So saying from playing high school level rugby at grade 10 or 11 or 12 and then having to jump in and run with seniors can be quite daunting at times. So um, really, if we can uh, work on getting our age group uh, back together, so whether it be U18s or U20s and trying to put a team together that can compete in the province, um, I think that would go a long way. Um, we do have a lot of um, participation, I guess, amongst, amongst girls at the high school level and a lot of provincial players and good representation there, but we do need something um, at the provincial level, and it would need to be driven by our club to compete. But um, I, believe, I, I think uh, that... Uh, a competition amongst the U18s per city or per area would uh, would go a long way to helping them become senior players. Yeah, that's, those are some good ideas. Uh, it, the, the MBRU starting something, they're trying to start something like that, right? I thought I saw, what, does anybody want to talk about that? Jesse? 
I, I can get a piece of on it, definitely, and then somebody else can entice on it a lot, little bit more. But I, I think with that Maritime Junior League, it's going to definitely bring out a lot more players per city because, like Josh was saying, it'll bridge that gap between bringing players between high school and senior. They won't be as intimidated, and then it'll also get them to see that they're getting taught by other people as well. Um, but it's just a good opportunity for players to be able to bridge that gap between us and them. Excellent. So I know I was sorry. I was really excited to see that this Maritime Junior League was starting because I do feel like it gives the uh, the U18s a little bit more of a purpose behind playing instead of just playing for the club and uh, and competing with a few teams locally in the New Brunswick area. I think that if they can branch out further in the Maritimes, it'll give them a little bit more, um, you know, drive to compete against a higher level. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, that's a great. Point. So does I know with COVID happening, there's no set time frame. But does anybody know when this is supposed to take place? Is it is it set up to be a summer thing, a fall thing, or just like how? What does anybody know the parameters around it? Uh, yeah. So I guess what what the initial plans were set that they were hoping to have it sort of commence right after the high school rugby season. So really to kind of identify. Um, at the, at the outset, maybe not necessarily like an all-star team, but more of a representative team uh, comprised of players from schools all over. And then it now is being morphed into something more where we're actually going to try to put together as many teams as we can. Um, it was aimed for the fall, so really kind of July. And then um, they would also, those players would be registered through Rugby Canada. And then from there, they would actually be able to play if they chose to at senior level, um, if they wanted to continue on with that, either with the men or the women. So the idea was to sort of bridge the gap between school rugby, which is sort of one thing completely different to um, being registered with the club, but not necessarily as a, as a black tide player, but as a um, Moncton, Moncton U18 rep or something along those lines, just so that we're, we want them to be a part of the club, but we also don't want them to feel the pressure of playing uh, senior level rugby too, uh, too soon at a school. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, when you get well, those kids coming out of high school, it can be intimidating. I mean, look at you guys. You've got years of experience, big big lads and stuff. It's uh, It can be a little intimidating for those kids coming out of high school. So other than that, like that's, that's I think, a really neat initiative by the, the provincial unions to try and start this lake. I hope, it, I hope it kicks off. Is there any thought that it might be better, like, happening – in the spring like when rugby when high school rugby kind of finishes just kind of keep going like you know a lot of thoughts for me is like Moncton is a football city a lot of those kids might opt out and go to football or hockey starting and basketball starting is there a fear that some of those kids might just not stick around because they'd rather just play their you know their basketball or their hockey or their football I think that we would definitely probably lose some kids to that but it's also giving those kids um, that want to play rugby as their number one sport, a chance to play longer if they're playing in the fall. Because if they've got their high school season and then they roll right into Black Tide, whether it's Black Tide Junior or Black Tide Senior, and then all of a sudden summer ends and they don't have any rugby again unless they're playing at the provincial level until next spring. So I think it, it would give those ones a chance that want to make rugby their number one sport an opportunity to do so. It'd be a lot yeah, cheaper than playing provincial too, right? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go and ahead. I, yeah, so I guess the, the, the league was meant or hope it to start. Like, if there was no pandemic, we would have been shooting for um, a July start. Uh, 
more or less just because we would like once um, the rugby season ends, I think at the end of May, early June, the kids uh, get under obviously a lot of pressure with graduations and uh, exams and things like that. So we might have been able to pick a team and have a few practices um, in, in that time of June, but really we were hoping to get the schedule up and running uh, in July like if there if there was no pandemic. And with a, a June July schedule, like any of the kids that aren't like Kim was saying, like aren't football players or aren't soccer players, they're now going to be able to play for six months out of the year, eight months out of the year, opposed to just two and a half months of learning everything jam packed in a high school season. They'll be able to play through June July with their U nineteen that flow through to senior if they choose to. Yeah, that's that's really good. Stu, you've, you've been around for a while. You played rugby Moncton. You played in St. John, I believe. You've kind of, you've played for provincial teams. What are your thoughts on sustainability and growth for rugby in the, in the province? Like, what do you see from somebody that's been playing, you know, back in the 90s and 2000s? Is our numbers going up to you? Are numbers going down? Like, what, what's, what do you see for trends there? Uh, I think the numbers are starting to, it's, it's kind of gone down a bit over the last probably five or six years. Uh, unfortunately, I think that we've lost over the last three or four, you know, five or six years, whatever it is, some of the culture that was involved when I very first started playing, you know, the going to the clubhouse with teams afterwards at the senior level and singing songs and, and doing a lot of that, a lot of that. Uh, you know, some of my best friends are guys that have played against the Newfoundland since we've been 20, 22, 23 years old. And you kind of grow together guys like I think in Fredericton, Simon and uh, Scotty McAvee, we've all grown up together, you know. And um, I think over the, we got to get back to establishing some of the old traditions of, of it and, and get people back into the, into the it's, it's, it's an inclusive sport, especially here in Moncton. It's inclusive in terms of age, ability, skill level, uh, probably more so than any team I've ever been involved or club I've been involved with. Um, Moncton makes everybody feel as welcome, whether you're the, the best player in the province or the, the weakest player in the team. Yeah, that culture makes a huge difference, right? Making sure everybody feels like they're on the same page, regardless if you're scoring three tries a game or if you're out there just grinding away at second row or what have you, it makes a difference. And yeah, that's something I've found as Moncton has done for quite a while. What are, what are some things that you guys do community-wise to try and get more players there, to get more players to stay? I know I've, I've been involved since I moved up here pretty heavily in refereeing, both men's and women's high school. And it's just building, trying to build a rapport, rapport as a referee with the kids and get them turned on to. And most of the teams, I'll always talk to them after the game, invite them to come and be part of, of what we're doing. And I mean, if we can get one or two of those, which we have over the last few years to keep coming out, it's going to help grow our numbers. But we've got to do more than, there's more than just that. I know most of the high schools are coached by, by players from our, from our club. It's this, this bit of a disconnect right there. It's not as high a profile as maybe some of the other sports right now outside of high school. Josh, did you have something to add there? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's um, lots of opportunity. Um, I know like myself and I'm coaching at Moncton High, the girls team, Kim's coaching a really good program at Trimble. Um, we do have a really good presence, um, I guess, among, amongst coaches. Uh, but I think that there needs to be some sort of a, um, a bridge the gap between us as coaches and us as members of the Moncton Rugby Club. Um, I would say that's maybe a bit of an area that we need to improve on. And I know there has been lots of um, tapping kids on the shoulders and encouraging people to come out, but 
I think with the kids today, um, they're probably more gravitating towards Instagram and they'll go to practice if their friends come into practice. So how can we recruit in groups and how can we, um, like, I mean, I agree with Stu. We're very fortunate to get one or two really good players every year, but how can we get the three or four players um, out and get them out continually every year? So I think that's a good challenge for um, not only the executive of the club, but also like all of its members as well, because we're all invested in trying to grow the game in Moncton. Yeah. So when, when this, when the fall season rolls around and kids are heading off to university, how many, how many players like male females do you lose that are, they're heading off to school? On the men's side, we would say none. <laughs> maybe one, maybe That's not one, bad. one or two. If that. Unfortunately, on the women's side, it's a different story. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come the middle of August, when any of our athletes that are playing at university and they're taking off to go, they miss playoffs, they miss the last few games of the season. Um, so sometimes it's a little bit hard to keep them motivated and engaged close up at that time. Um, and then, of course, we're losing our, our young, fit, great players because they're off to play, do great things with their universities. So um, I would say because there's no rugby university directly in Moncton. I mean, Mount A's got a team. Um, it's a club team. So any of the high-performing athletes are heading off to your Acadias and your St. Effects and UPI and St. Mary's playing CIS. So they... Uh, they tend to be gone by the end of the season. Yeah. That's got to be a little disheartening at times too, when there's so many high school players there that, you know, come your season, you're losing some, but it sounds like you're trying to do some different things and some cool things to keep, get more players out, which is awesome. Right. Yeah, that's it. Uh, part of the executive, I feel like our big initiative is trying to find different ways to get out in the, the community and trying to tap into different ways to reach into the, the younger kids anyways like josh was saying instagram we found more successful than facebook anyways for online posts and trying to find different ways to reach out to them anyways so do you get your young do you get the younger players involved in helping with those initiatives the ones that are coming out consistently uh, not so much it's more the the guy uh, the guys and girls on the teams that are currently there that yeah. have been around for a bit at this time that's good it's uh, on the men's on the men's side, for sure. I can see where it's intimidating for a 17 or 18 year old to come out to practice and start jumping right in with us. But I think one of the things that Moncton's done a really good job at is the ones who have come. I think we've retained almost all of them. So retention is there, making them feel like they belong, and you know, teasing them and joking and giving them a nickname and all those things that come along with be like I go go back to the culture part of it. Uh, we've been very fortunate in keeping most of, most of the guys, but it's getting over that hurdle just to get people to come out and try it because there's some phenomenal high school players, but more so on the men's, they, they kind of go a different direction. I know in the girls, they have better better uh, inlet from, from the high school into the, the women's team, but we still, like we said, only getting a couple a year. No, it, it sounds like you've got a good culture going on there. It's just getting those players in there and seeing that culture for sure. Well, as we would say, is uh, the a lot. The big difference we'd say now is in the last couple of years, I think we have a lot more uh, black-tied people coaching on both sides. So we're hoping that that will show a bigger turnout over time. 
Yeah, it makes a difference, I think, when you can have players in the community like Josh said, you know, a couple of you are coaching, but the more players you can get helping out, even if they're coming out once a week to training or something, just to just to see them and and get recognize you know, recognize those faces. So when they come to training and they see the bigger guys or the bigger girls, they realize, well, no, they helped us coach. They were they were at our school a fair amount and they recognize that they're here to help, right? More than anything. Um, what is in, in like in New Zealand, a culture like New Zealand, like rugby is the number one culture there. And the All Blacks, it kind of feeds down from the All Blacks. Like, you know, they, the All Blacks is a huge brand. Uh, a lot of money gets diverted down into the Super Rugby and Minor 10 and stuff like that. And they kind of give directives as to how they want those teams to play. But it's, it's, an, it's entirely up to the coach. But the, the coach of the All Blacks wants to make sure those players are learning the same skills. Is Rugby Canada, do you think Rugby Canada does a good enough job of that? Are there ways that Rugby Canada can improve to help clubs like the Monktons, like the Blouse, the ones that sometimes struggle for numbers, to try and help guide them and help them grow? Um, I definitely think that being on the East Coast, we tend to be a little bit more disadvantaged in that we don't get the, I mean, Rugby Canada's centered mostly in between Ontario and BC. So um, I find that we do get camps out here. We do get coaching sessions, et cetera, but they're, you know, a couple of times a year um, at the most. So um, it's hard to build up the interest in coaches um, and referees even to take it to the next level and develop themselves a little bit further when we're not getting the opportunities for that. Um, and I think that goes a long way with building the programs. If you've got people who are investing time and doing a little bit more, the people see that and, and they know like that you're, you're, you know, you're hanging out with the elite and you're learning from the best um, and it kind of puts a little bit more weight behind it. Um, so I definitely think that New Brunswick, but I think, you know, East Coast in general kind of gets a little left behind sometimes. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, it was interesting. I um, last fall we had a Mount A rugby reunion in Sackville, and um, it was really well attended. But part of the key speaker was uh, his name was Tim Powers, and he's the pre I think he was the he's he has a pretty high role with Rugby Canada. He's actually out of Newfoundland, and he actually happened to coach Mount A um, in the early '90s. And that question was actually asked of him in terms of uh, like what can Rugby Canada do uh, at the local level. Um, especially in these places like PEI, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, we're all kind of in a, a bit of a similar boat. Um, and it was, it was his, inter his response was interesting. I mean, he, he acknowledged that it, um, they do need to have more of a presence, and he did acknowledge as well that um, New Brunswick especially is like punches well above its weight in terms of what it's producing in terms of the quality of players. Um, but he said that more or less, I mean, it's, it's, a lot of it is union-driven um, and – what the, what the MBRU was able to do, but really, I mean, they're supported by Rugby Canada. It would be great to see a few more um, ID camps or, or coaches from certain regions come through and put on clinics so that some of our UA team players could get seen by a coach from BC or get seen by, by some, I mean, anybody, like university, whether it's a university, we're trying to identify some of those younger players with talent. Um, I think that uh, it would go a long way. Like I can remember being at a U20 or U18, U20, uh, playing for the Spruce and uh, Kieran Crowley, who was the coach of Canada at the time, it came to the Loyalist Grounds and did a did a seminar at a camp with uh, with us. So I mean, even something like that goes a long way. Like if you see somebody with a, a Canada jacket on and they're looking at you and you're passing the ball, then it becomes a lot more real than uh, having Stu or Josh or Kim wondering why you uh, knocked the ball on, right? 
Yeah, it, uh, it gives a kid, it gives a kid that uh, that eye that yeah, there there is something beyond here. Uh, I spoke with Kingsley Jones a couple of weeks ago, and he said those same things. Like, there's going to be a way for these kids to recognize that it's not just playing high school, it's not just playing club. Like, there's, you know, now we've got the Toronto Arrows and the Arrows Academy and things like that. There is a way that, you know, you yeah. could stay in Canada and potentially get paid for rugby, right? Does any of that stuff come up with you guys? I know the Arrows have only been playing two years, but does does any of that half of that stuff come up? I I try and like to go back to like even just what you're saying a second ago. The kid like kids don't know the opportunities that they can play around here for rugby compared to other sports. Right, the MLR is now a new thing, but before that, even um, I'm sure the kids over in this region don't even know what's after New Brunswick Spruce. Like going to play U17 Rock and going to Ireland on tour, Canadian Rock, Canadian championship stuff like that they don't know further than let's play football and maybe make a u.s football and then what's after that but it's uh i don't think they know but now with the mlr coming out it's gonna make a difference with more more camp i think i don't know if they're gonna make more camps or whatnot but they'll just more advertisement out there yeah, yeah for sure um, and i i think too i mean the um I think amongst girls, it's really, it's pretty prevalent. I mean, we have a few girls I know that I've coached at Moncton High School that have been recruited by university coaches, which is um, pretty exciting to play at the CIS level. They're getting identified by playing Bruce and playing um, locally. Uh, for guys, it's a little bit harder. I mean, university men's rugby is still uh, considered, I believe, to be a club sport. But um, yeah. it would be, be really good for us. I mean, we're picking up some kids that are quite raw, but We've also had a few kids that have been turned around with us at the Spruce where one year Moncton had 10 guys go to Newfoundland as part of the Spruce team. Um, wow. So I think it, it's definitely there. Um, we definitely need to, I guess, improve our voices in terms of identifying some of this talent and really making sure that we do everything we can to get them on the field with the Spruce or get them to where they need to be to, um, to improve because it not only helps them, but it helps us as a club as well. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of great athletes in New Brunswick, you know, hockey players, soccer players, football, basketball. Like when you when you walk into a high school gymnasium and you see some of these kids that can dunk, or you go to a soccer pitch and see somebody that can kick a ball half, you know, from half field and score a goal or on the rink, what they can do. It's there's a lot of talented players here, um, you know, and that's obviously their number one sport. Um, as a coach, and I know a couple of you are coaches. What do you say with parents when you know a kid wants to try rugby and the parents says no, it's too dangerous? How do you how do you try and get across that parent that you know football and hockey are just as or more dangerous than playing rugby? Basketball, there's a study a few years ago in the state. Basketball is the number one sport per high school injuries. Rugby was ranked 19th, just ahead of bowling. So, what do you tell parents to try and get them to say, "Yeah, my kid wants to play. Let's try this." <laughs> Kimber, you want to take that one? Uh, well, um, I guess we, I mean, it's all about information and upfront with parents right away. Um, we, we take information from, I, I know at Trimble, we usually do kind of like a parents' information meeting where we do an intro to rugby. Um, we introduce them with, you know, how we're going to start the, um, so many practices before contact starts, what we're going to do for contact, um, reassure them that we would never put anybody in the field that we didn't think was ready and that could get injured. Um, and I think it's just information for them up front because 
honestly, most parents coming who have never relations and, and so-and-so's friend broke something. So um, I think that uh, they just need information. And once they get the information, often they'll ease off a little bit, um, especially as you said, you just mentioned those stats from last year, which helped out as well. I was, I was chatting with John Moonlight. One of his pods will be up soon. And all he said to me was he said, tell them to come watch a game. You know, get a parent to come out and watch. I, I think personally, from my coaching experience, one thing that I enjoy about rugby is that you walk the sidelines. Right? You don't do that really in hockey or other sports. And I often, I'm, I think that you guys do as well, That, but I engage with fans. So if a parent's, you know, yelling at a ref, like, you know, that, that guy should get kicked out. You can calmly explain like well this is this is the rule this is what he's talking about yeah. and it's kind of a different culture like Stu, you spoke a lot about culture jesse maybe you can talk about like that culture of you know not yelling at refs or understanding the role of the of the laws of the game and that they're actually implemented for safety well first rule the first rule on the field is the ref makes the law of the day so <laughs> you gotta you don't yell at the ref or you don't do anything like that because he's going to control what happens in general um just the culture of the game and rugby itself is it just looks like an intense game so people who don't know what it is or haven't played it from afar they, they see something happen and it's a lot more extreme to them. So, but the, the game of the after we all know after an 80 minute game like you can go hit each other and do all that sort of stuff and then after the game you shake hands and you celebrate after and whatnot but it's a uh, tough yeah, sorry. That's all right. Lost where I was where I was going with that, but Josh, <laughs> <laughs> you can fill in there if you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it, rugby, in a way, is good because it's not like a sport like soccer or hockey where the parents are so experienced that they're breathing down your neck because they think they know better. They're they're if they're screaming, it's more or less because they're either like they're excited or or they don't understand. So. At least once you give a, a parent a bit of information on um, why something happened the way it did, then they can continue to calm down. But um, no, I mean, with, with a lot of parents too, um, unfortunately, when they come to rugby, the kids, their number one sport isn't rugby because they haven't played it yet. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, I would love for all these multi-sport athletes and all these people coming from other sports, um, not to drop what they're doing, but to really kind of give rugby a fair shake. Um, and I mean, if you can get four out of 10, or if you can get six out of 10, then I mean, from our perspective, that's, that's six or four more than we had the day before. So um, I think in, in, in the terms of the comfort level um, and seeing all the other girls or uh, girls on my side for coaching Mountain High and for the boys too, when they get out to a practice and see 40 or 30 other kids out there, then they get a bit more of a reassurance um, rather than thinking their, their kid is gonna get sent into battle and get really hurt. They see kind of the bigger group and, um, how there's people of different sizes and different shapes out there and that there really is a position for everybody. And I think in the end, um, the parents actually really uh, get into it. I know a lot of parents have come up and said to us that they really wish that rugby was a thing or that they could have played when they were at the same age. So I think um, it's certainly trending in the right direction, especially as it relates to um, parents of uh, new players. Absolutely. Stu and I are a little older than the, the, the rest of you guys. Um, Stu and I grew up, you know, Stu was a little older than me, but we grew up when kids played every sport going. I, I went to Belial High, so if you didn't play a sport, then more than likely there wasn't a team. And I think Stu would have been the same. I, Stu didn't go to Belial, but I imagine Stu played every sport going as well. And it, it's kind of almost at a time in 
age now where kids focus on one sport, you know, 11 months out of the year, 11 and a half months out of the year. How does that, does that impact you guys in Moncton at all? Like, are you seeing lots of good athletes when you go to the school and you're coaching and you see a kid out shooting hoops, but he won't do anything else? Do you see anything like that? And if so, what can you do to try and get them to try something new? I mean, one of the big things when I very first started playing rugby in high school was um, to keep in shape, to get in shape for hockey. And, um, you know, then all of a sudden it became a love, a love of mine. I mean, going back to the very first times I played was against Bellow guys like Chris Bingham. And uh, I think it was Wade Parks at the time yeah. and Tony yeah. and Glennie and uh, Gray and, and, and all those guys in high school when they were just getting up and going too. But I know in Moncton, there's a really strong hockey community. And it's hard, like you said, a lot of these kids and their parents are investing a lot of money. They're playing spring hockey. They play summer hockey. They play, you know, all through the year. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an all-year sport now, not just, not just hockey, but other sports, basketball, whatever it might be. And it's really hard to for some of these people to feel like they're jeopardizing their, their, that one sport that, that's their, their sport to go play. You know, try something new. Absolutely. Anybody else want to weigh in on that? Yeah. Uh, I can talk from the, the female side. I think there's definitely, um, when it comes to rugby, we kind of had a lull there probably five, six years ago where um, numbers in certain high schools, I know for myself, numbers went really low. We weren't seeing a lot of multi-sport athletes. Um, the soccer players didn't want to get hurt for rugby. Basketball players didn't want to get hurt for rugby. But I think there's a little bit of it more of an upswing to that now. Um, and I think, um, at least for the female side, um, I see the opposite happening with the men, actually. Um, so I think that girls are willing to try it. Um, they want to do something different. Um, some of them. Rugby will never be their number one, um, but for a lot of them are making that switch. I think it also comes from the parents. If they've put their child in soccer since they were five years old and they've sent them to elite camps and they've spent all this time developing them in soccer, um, when they, you know, they hit rugby and they really love it, the parents are hesitant to let them continue on with it because they put so much into one sport already. Um, but I find that once they see those skills can transfer, um, they're a little bit easier to let go into it. Um, but my view from the male side it is um it's a it's a football and hockey dominated world and that the boys you know they'll play high school rugby for a little while but then when summertime comes they're off doing their other sports playing junior c <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, it's, that's it's, what I wonder is like is if it's just like for some like kids thrive off a of plan like provincial football or provincial hockey or anything like the the entitlement of that. Like, I wonder if the lack of not knowing about the the opportunity to playing Spruce or playing Rock or Team Atlantic Women's or anything like that, if that's not out there, if they don't know about it, especially in this region. Yeah, that's a fair point, I think. I mean, you know, I coached provincially the last couple of years. Josh helped out at some of the practices and – you know, you'd see the same guys over and over and, you know, yeah. I would reach out or Curtis would reach out, reach out to high school coaches, you know, and, you know, entice your players to come out. And I would like to think that the high school coaches, you know, said to go out, these are when your practices are, but you don't know if they're actually getting those messages as well. Right. So it makes it difficult. Yeah. Sometimes. I think um, in, um, with, with regards to the men in football, it is really difficult. Like as I guess Kim mentioned and, I think it's sort of a, a very much a Moncton thing, but 
Um, what's happening though is we're finding that some of our members, especially on the men's side and the women's, are actually teachers in the schools. So I know Kim is a teacher, which really helps. I mean, like it's great. I mean, not only her personality, but her ability to be in the halls and talking to people and really kind of market the brand a little bit more than we may have otherwise. At Moncton High, they actually had started this year a sevens program, uh, same they have other sevens programs at Moncton for boys to try to get them involved in the game. And the messages really came with the blessing from the football coaches because the messages were saying, like, the reason why there's so many multi-sport athletes who excel at rugby is because they're coming with transferable skills. Like, rugby is a game where there's so many transferable skills that you could have picked up somewhere else that would make you um, a bit of a stronger player off the bat. So in the example of um, Ben Lass at Moncton High, he was able to get a list of players from his football coach, um, that guys he identified that he wanted to, to play rugby, whether to improve their tackling or their confidence or any number of things. And the idea is those kids go back to their senior season or their, their next year of football. Um, they're going to come back as better football players because they played rugby. So I think if we can continue to do that in all the schools, guys and girls, um, then we're really going to see a brand. It's not necessarily to say that rugby is the standalone, your sport, but like, what can I get out of rugby as well? Not only am I going to, what is it going to do to help me be, uh, excel at my main sport? Yeah, absolutely. I've had, you know, kids that come through that play basketball and, you know, they're, they're six, three, only 190 pounds are really skinny and you're a little worried that they're going to get hurt, but then, they come out and they're great tacklers and their next season of basketball, they're dominating because they're, they're initiating contact and things like that. And it makes a huge difference. All right. So I guess talk to me at Moncton and you've kind of, Stu, you've talked about culture and you've talked about incorporating as many players into your team to make them feel welcome. So talk to us a little bit, if you can, what your thoughts are on uh, looking at character over skill set. What are your thoughts at, between character and skill? I mean, to me, some of the best rugby players that I've ever played with and against are not the greatest athletes, but they got a, they got just something in them that makes them makes them makes them special. I mean, and when you can find somebody who's who's a superior athlete, you know, like Josh and Jesse and those guys, like guys like we have in our program, uh, it's even better. But uh, I also am the champion of uh, you know we had some players that come out. One player who had been played since high school from St. Stephen last year come out and. Uh, never misses a practice, never uh, takes a playoff, never, you know, is committed 1,000% to, to, to playing. And, and to the credit of our coaches, they give those guys the same opportunity to play and game time as, as you know, some of our more skilled or, you know, higher profile players. So I think the coaching staff, uh, Damien and Paul, have done a good job of exposing everybody and that everybody's coming out is feeling part of part of it that's great kim anything on the women's side about that or um i feel kind of on the same thing i think um character is just as important as skill set because um <laughs> as i say everybody who plays rugby has to be a little crazy right <laughs> so you have to have that drive and that you can't be like scared of contact and and just like you might not be the fastest runner but if you're willing to stay in your feet as long as you can and even with people hanging off of you well then we've got a place for you on the field you know what I mean so um and that's to me that's character more than it is skill and that you know 
it's that inner drive that you have to keep going and play some games in some pretty awful conditions um, in both the high school level and the senior level. Um, so, you know, these people are standing on the field for hours training in snow and rain and, you know, zero degree weather. So I think character does, does a huge part of it in it as well. Um, you can take somebody who's got good rugby character and, you know, we've got a place for the month. You. so thanks yeah that's character is very important i i, I agree with them both 100 percent. last thing uh, maybe 30 seconds one minute each of you just kind of go around and say why why should somebody come out and play for the black tide promote your brand who wants to go first Je josh you are since you started talking oh um <laughs> I, was hope, I was hoping to be the, uh, the cherry on the top of the cake but um <laughs> For the Black Tide, I think rugby is um, at a great has a great opportunity really to grow, and I think that at the at the local level with the Mountain Black Tide, we're uh, in the midst of um, heading in the right direction in terms of our not only our recruitment but as Stu said, um, respecting that. I mean, things have changed somewhat and since the days of like the the 90s and the 2000s, even when I first started in terms of the social aspect of the game. But that doesn't mean that we need to take away from our team culture. Um, team culture doesn't necessarily mean that we all have to go um, to the aftermatch, but it definitely means that we're all going to be there on Tuesday to talk about the game on Saturday. So what is, how can we get the young group today to buy in? How can we keep our, our old people, our older group interested in our current players um, satisfied? I think we're doing a really good job of kind of keeping everybody informed, keeping things light, but also knowing when to take things seriously. Um, rugby is a great game. It's uh, one of the few games I can I can say where I've met probably some of my best friends in the world that I probably never would have been friends with otherwise, um, including the people that are on the call today. So um, it's uh, it's definitely one of those steps in life that you can change that will uh, or take that will change your life. But I would say that it only will change it for the better. So I'd encourage anybody who is interested in coming out to contact us and um, if they want to learn more. Excellent, Jesse. How about you? Yeah, just basically anything. Uh, with rugby it's just all about our team culture we a welcoming environment we want everybody to come out and ask questions and be part of the team and club whether like Stu said top profile or if you're one of the, the lower end guys who's just learning we want you basically um, it's all about having everybody out there at each practice and getting to know each other and over five years I've met some incredible people that helped me out a bunch and helped each other out so it's just a great group of people to be around Excellent. Kim? Um, just to add on to what those gentlemen said, um, coming from the women's perspective, my core group of friends here in Moncton are rugby players that I started with back in 2006. Um, didn't know any of them. And, you know, we built, built families around each other. And um, one thing you'll get with Moncton Black Tide is you're going to get um, your coaching from all aspects. So, you know, Will you come out and you play in your junior team? Well, you're probably four coaches, and they're coming from different high schools. And you're not going to have the same coach that you had in high school, but you need the attention that you need um, to become a better player. Absolutely. That's beautiful. And, Stu, let's finish off with you. Um, yeah, for me, I think, I think that Moncton's got it right right now. We're doing things the right way. Uh, you know, discipline is being stressed. Uh, a winning culture is being developed, but not just winning at, at all costs. It's winning, doing the right things when we won. Uh, there's times where 
we're kind of at the is a men's program where somewhere is probably between a B plus and an A minus team, but we we carry ourselves like an A plus team, uh, win or lose, and I think that we've held our heads higher in loss against some of the upper teams in the province because of the way that we've played in the in, the, in what we're doing and um you know just being a an inclusive team it's it's a, it's it's a group where when I show up at the meeting point to go to Belle Isle or to go to St. John or go to Fredericton, you can jump in a car with any, any guys and you're going to have a good time. It's going to be lots of laughs, lots of giggles. It's not like uh, some of the New Brunswick teams I played on and when I played uh, Trojan and stuff where there's some clicks that develop within the team and these three or four guys hang out and these four or five guys. And, uh, you know, there's a few times every year that we just, uh, you know, we make it a point to get out together as a team. We, you know, go to Josh's place or go someplace and, when you do that, everyone's made to feel welcome. Uh, and I think that's probably the, the biggest strength of it is, is getting people out. And once they see the quality of the, of the, of the team, but the people that are involved in the team, it, it makes people want to be part of that. Uh, we had guys last year that come out and all they did was practice. They weren't ready to play, but you know what? They were there every practice and they came to the games and supported. So I think if we, if we have people doing that, we're doing something right. Uh, and it's just growing, growing on that over the next uh, couple of years as we try to take a step forward and you know raise the level of profile within within the Moncton area. I think that's a big thing is that we've got to go after maybe some events and host some games and maybe have provincial games here and you know do jamboree that day and do some other things that are going to make Moncton shine a little little bit more. Awesome. So if somebody's looking to play rugby in Moncton, and how do they get in touch with you guys? Where do you, where do you direct them? We have our um, Moncton Black Tide Rugby page on Facebook, and we also have um, our Instagram, which is Black Tide, at Black Tide Rugby. Um, it's, um, we're definitely been upping our content, I'd say, in the last few months. We're doing a lot of um, feature profile players of the day. I know Stuball got his, uh, his big shout-out the other day and probably leading our all-time posts and likes. So, um, <laughs> yeah, anybody can find us there on uh, Facebook or Instagram at Black Tide Rugby. Yeah, definitely, listeners, I definitely tell you to check that out. Their, their profiles of uh, players have been going on for a little while. They're, they're interesting to, to look at and see what uh, see what Moncton's bringing to the table in terms of players and playing ability. So I want to thanks, uh, thanks to Kim and Jesse and Josh and Stu for, for joining us on the pod. And I uh, wish you guys a great, successful season and many years to come with Moncton Black Tide Rugby. Thanks very much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. And thank you for listening. That was awesome. Great, uh, great chatting with Kim, Jesse, Joss, and Stu of the Moncton Black Tide. Uh, as you can tell, they get some interesting ideas to uh, revamp rugby in Moncton and uh, try and retain some more players. It sounds like there's a lot of high school kids, and it sounds like these these four, among others, at the Black Tide are doing what they can to keep them invested and uh, excited for playing the senior game. So best of luck to the Black Tide. At, you know, it's undetermined right now if there will be a, a fall season, but hopefully there is, and hopefully we see Moncton back on the pitch and, uh, and doing their thing. Uh, coming up next, our next full pod will be Team Canada captain, or sorry, Team Canada coach, Kingsley Jones. Kingsley and I had a real good conversation around Rugby Canada and his upbringing in Wales and, and, and the such. So uh, that's an exciting one to listen to as well like to say thanks again to all the essential workers that have been working so hard during the COVID. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time and effort to, and, uh, you know, putting your own safety at risk as always. Um, like to say thanks to Ben Sound Music for supplying us with our tunes. And as always, if you feel, feel the need to, to contact me, reach out, uh, drop a topic requests, uh, you know, ask for specific guests. We'll see what we can do. Um, 
world's a crazy place right now. Let's do what we can to keep it safe and sane. So until next time, this is Jamie. Keep on rocking.